As quickly as you can. Snatch the pebble from my hand. When you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Now stand to greet your sensei, Sweet Tooth Joe. Right on. been given a second chance and I almost started alluding to this earlier but one mistake I made early in my life was maybe defining myself as a football player mm. only mm. and that's what I was so I almost felt a little lost when that part of my life was over with and I think that's when I left that gold gym out of frustration like who am I now what do I do now what defines me now well what defines me is who I am, not what I do. Right, right, I mean, right. Unless what I do is at heart giving to people and helping people grow and giving back. Those yeah. things define you. In those ways, what you do, that's more more really about, again, who you are on the inside. Exactly. And I made the mistake, I think, of defining who I was by what I'd started doing at such a young age and what was life like without, what would I do in life without that? That's such a gym, man. Yeah. That's a gym, and, dude. And I really lost track of, like, the things that my father and my mother had said to me about, you know, like, why my knees really hurt. And yeah. the gifts they'd given me within myself. Um, so I knew that I couldn't let jujitsu or fighting define who I was. It could become a way of life, but it would just have to exemplify the things that were inside of me. Which I believe now that we're talking, it would just mean you're a martial artist. Yeah, man. That's sort of a self-discovery thing. That's it just, is. Yeah. yeah. I just learned something. <laughs> What's good into the last dragon? Your host Roy Rob is back in the building. Your sensei, your seafood for the day. Hey, check this out. We got a great one coming your way with my partner, my boy, Tracy Taylor. Check him out as he dives into that journey of his. But before we get to moving and shaking and you get into some actual martial arts, we got to pay them bills. This week's episode is brought to you by St. Charles MMA. You can visit stcharlesmma.com and mention Roy Robb and Enter the Last Dragon when you sign up and get a free month of training. Now let's get into some martial arts. Uh, I thought I was the only kid waking up, looking at Kung Fu Sundays, like literally Black Belt Theater. Look, I thought I was that only brother out there doing it as a little kid. Come to find out, there were more people just like me out in these streets. And it's and, and as my world or universe starts to grow. I'm realizing there was a, a lot more people that, that's taking off their hat saying, yo, that was me too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Now, with a very awesome individual, a brother of mine who has been in the game for a long time. He knows his thing when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's won many awards. He's been on top of that stage. And when it comes to the Pan Ams, Worlds, all of the above, he is a scholar and a gentleman. He is a trainer, a coach, a mentor to all. Please welcome to Enter the Last Dragon Podcast, my brother, my friend, Tracy Taylor. What's up, bro? 
What's going on, bro? I'm looking behind me for who you're introducing because then I realized it was me. <laughs> oh, you. man. Come on, bro. Yeah, man. You, you know I got to shout you out, man. You do your thing. You've been holding it down for a minute, man. Um, so, so, End of the Last Dragon, you fans out there, get ready for a special treat. Let me let me kind of uh, uh, sit back for a second and let him take the stage so he can kind of tell you his start, his beginning, and his why. Uh, it's it's kind of important for us to to really just really understand each other's whys and maybe learn from those things. So Tracy, man, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Tell me a little bit about you. Man, I'm, I'm an individual trying to, to, you know, learn every day, trying to grow every day, be the best version of myself every day. Um, you know, <laughs> my mother always told me, you're a Fred Taylor son and Anda Taylor son, so you can achieve all and be all. And I always said that the, the worst thing for everybody is that my mom told me I could be whatever I wanted to be if I worked hard enough. So that was bad for everybody else. Right. Because I believed it. Right, right, so, right. So, you know, honestly, from there, if I if I saw something, I just tried to I tried to achieve it, man. I, I didn't see any reason why uh, this young black kid from Oklahoma couldn't do it, you know. It was, so it was a matter of putting in your time, putting in your work. And whether it be, you know, on the business end or whether it had been in sports, um, athletically or philosophically, you know, I thought – I could be those things and I wanted more than anything to surround myself with people who had the same mindset. And that's why me and you go far back. Exactly. You know? Ab- absolutely. So, so how did you get your start? So everyone, you generally uh, has their start, whether it comes to, mar- when it comes to martial arts or just the love of some type of sport in general, where was your start at when it comes to ap- sports or anything? Where was your start? Let me, let me say this, like, well, before we started, you and I were talking about the name of your podcast and where the idea came from. And um, I wanted to reiterate to you that you weren't the only young black man that grew up loving, you know, Kung Fu theater on Sundays. Right, that, that's right. What it was. I remember being at my grandmother's house in Oklahoma and we come back from church and then, you know, man, those seven steps of Kung Fu is on. Horribly great movies that Wu-Tang fell in love with too and I think exactly most of us probably around the same age culturally also fell in love with that and uh, man if I could have been a Kung Fu master you know <laughs> like but but Jiu-Jitsu was my first you know traditional martial art but man every kid wanted to be Neo exactly you know, exactly so, so it was a I think a shared love that a whole lot of us had for that but uh, in between pretending to do, you know, these roundhouse kicks and make the nunchuck noises and speaking off track with the, you know, making your mouth do one thing, but you the real kung fu movies. Kung fu movies right? Hey, hey, if you if if you are a young fan, let me tell you. So what he's trying to say, there was back in the day video editing, and what would happen was. Uh, traditional kung fu movies were in their native language whether it was from china or whatever the case may be or even a japanese style movie they were speaking in their native language and so there were voiceover editors and they would go and literally try to match up the words with these individuals yeah, mouths yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh it was horrible it was sound effects with the punches and kicks <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but true, true to true to true to like true talk. That stuff made film what it is today. Like that, even those little nuances that people may not know about from kung fu, like kung fu theater on Sundays. That stuff is real. Like it's a for real cult. It's real, real. It's real, real, real. Tell me, is it real, son? <laughs> <laughs> Man, right. Yeah, 
right. So 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 you you got kicked off. Uh, that, was, that probably honestly that that probably started along with just the love of football growing up. You know, a, a young Oklahoma kid watching Oklahoma Sooners and Dallas Cowboys back in the day. Right, right. You know that that that's that's where it all started for me. So I started football probably you know at three or four years old in wrestling. Uh, about the same age. Okay. Um, so okay. that was my first martial art would be would be wrestling. And uh it just I mean I was you know track. Man, I ran track all the way through high school and every summer and and it the great thing that track did for me and I was a sprinter was it just kept me athletic even in the off season. Right, right. Because I would run so much in the off season. But Speak to that. Speak to that a little bit because I think it's important for individuals to really kind of know that you're, they're going to be pressured, whether it's from school, whether it's from their parents or even just their peers of uh, doing certain things. I've heard some people say, do one sport. Specialize, man. Or do do multiple sorts, I hate, sports. I, I see merit in specialization, but I hate to see kids or individuals get burned out. It happened to me. And I wasn't specialized. Okay. I, I, you know, one thing I love about teaching jujitsu is that it's year-round. So I tell parents, we'll, we'll be here. So let your kid experience all the other sports. My children are in everything. That's good. And I fully support them being in everything. So even if um, one of my kids has a, a game on, you know, let's say Monday because they happen to be JV now, well, Saturday morning's free if you don't have practice, so we're going to train jujitsu. Right, right, right. We'll always yeah. be here, and it's it's what our family does, and it's the way of life. So you have to get it in when you can, and that's okay though for you to venture off. My daughter Mari's a junior in high school, and she's on the drill team. Mm-hmm. So, and and I don't think growing up I knew how how hard cheerleaders or the drill team, palm teams, how, dance teams, how hard they worked. She's year round. Yeah, she's year yeah. round, and I have so much more respect for that, and I almost feel ignorant not knowing the true athletes that they are, but I sneak her in on a Saturday morning as well if she's got that off. And, I, and, and But it's important to try to balance that, I, give them work, work-life balance. I, I like that. I like that because it speaks to one of my legends that I, that is true to heart for my podcast, Bruce Lee. His whole thought process was how Jeet Kune Do wasn't specifically one art. He learned from so many arts that was whether it was boxing, hapkido, judo, take what works. Garbage in, garbage out. Man, that's so powerful, man. That's so powerful. Like, how many times may you, like, to be honest with you, before I really started training jujitsu, I don't think I had certain core muscles that that I would not have been able to tackle or even even no matter how many sit-ups I've been able to do there's certain muscles that you work you just don't engage them the same you way. don't engage them the same way yeah. it's a different level of core strength but it's one thing that once you have it you will always have that's so true man that's yeah. so true like I never knew what a hip heist was I never wrestled yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> but, but in that same breath having having wrestled like it's fun to teach a class and know I've got some wrestlers in there because you can almost cut the conversation in half. True. And mention very specific words like a hip heist. And they'll know exactly what to do with their with their hips. Or yeah. I feel like that's the advantage I had coming in um, in a room full of killers. Right. Was right. at least, and I'd say this not just about myself, but any decent wrestler is going to walk in in some regards with like a brown belt and understanding how the human body works. Yes. Which yes. Which cuts your learning time in jiu-jitsu in half if you remove your ego mm-hmm. learn how to 
let go, be free, and just go for the ride, and even learn how to fight from your back. That's so true. Yeah. That's so, so true. So that was one of the best advice you gave me. Yeah, train without expectation. Yeah. Just fight from your back. And let learn how to fight from your back. So here's a nugget for all those individuals who are really thinking about either jumping into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or maybe you've already started. Maybe you're trying to take yourself to the next level. Um, if you can really just wrap your arms around being humble and learning to fight from your back, it really does go a long way as far as advancing. It really helped me out as far as progressing forward and my understanding of how it's, it's more than just being strong. It's not a strength right. thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because the way I always looked at it is <clears throat> I spent my whole life as a wrestler trying not to get put on my back. So if I wanted to get up, you know, for instance, go fight or play for my guard, if I want to get up, I was going to get up when I started feeling comfortable. It right, right. Been in the most technical fashion, mm -hmm. but I was going to get off my back so I wouldn't get air quote pinned. So that's how I started kind of staying on my back, and that's the mind game I would play with myself is just go there, and when you want to get up, get up, and I would. Subsequently, my, my sweeps from my back got pretty good, and then I would get more comfortable staying there longer. Mm. Then eventually you kind of find a guard that works for you. True, true. You know, Everybody doesn't have long legs. Yes. Thanks, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody can't just be like, I'm going to go wrap this right. dude and hold him, lock him in. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so I've got to do like lasso or some, some things like that or even half guard because I don't have the legs you have to, to, to play a closed guard game and do that all necessarily. So I just figure out another way to do it. But once you, you know, will take your beatings and do it from down there, then especially as a wrestler, I don't. Good luck. Use wrestling reverse where you're not going to put me down if I don't want to go down. Right. And if I do go down, I'm going to get up. Yeah. That's, see, that's, small. that's so true, man. That's so true. So did you, in in growing up in Oklahoma, shout out to where where, where were you at in Oklahoma? Where was this at? Oklahoma City, Shawnee, Oklahoma. Okay. So cool. So in Oklahoma, what did you experience um, as far as like, I'm sure there was always uh, a certain sport that really stood out. I'm, and I'm and I'm thinking football, which you played, right? Football and wrestling, absolute, were, were king. They were king. Yeah. So, like, and I noticed this even when I talked to individuals, me for being from St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, they would, if I when I went off to college and I met individuals who maybe from Texas or Oklahoma, they would talk about how it was such a difference. I uh, did most of my education in Illinois, but they talked about even how the the stadium sizes were so different. Oh, just the, the just the amount of money and investment for those sports is just a, a whole nother ball game. Sure, you know my parents live in my mother parents live. My dad recently passed. Live in Texas now, so I spent a lot of time even growing up in Texas. Rest in peace. Appreciate it. Appreciate no problem. It. No problem. And it's just culturally different. The the your bread and expected to be a football player and or to be a wrestler. And I couldn't have imagined being anything else, honestly, in life. Right. Boomer Sooner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's for life. Like, uh, you know, even, you know, high school and college were the Chicago land area. And even there's a difference in levels for wrestling in Illinois versus Missouri. That's so true. It's, Illinois is a wrestling place, oh, right? Absolutely. All day, all day. So when I moved from Oklahoma to St. Louis, wrestling seemed backwards, and then I ended up moving to the Chicagoland area, and it was a little bit more back in stride with what was normal for me. Okay. But in even the time frame that I've moved back here, I've seen Missouri wrestling increase a hundredfold. And wow. The the love and intensity that this state has for wrestling. And the state knows it's behind, but they really take a lot of measures to, to get 
to where they should be. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to be a part of the regrowth, you know, of, of the state of Missouri. I, I was one of the the uh, my, the one of the coaches for the Missouri State Wrestling Team um, for Freestyle and Greco this year. Wow, that's good. Um, that's amazing. I, and it was great to be part of that again and kind of share that with my, with my sons and be part mm-hmm. of the club team wrestling and. You know, so it's good to be on the ground floor of those lot of things. But if there was one sport I always said I wanted my sons to do, I wanted them to wrestle. Wow. Or my kids. Yeah. So I would yeah. be happy if my daughter did it as well because it teaches you so much about life and sacrifice and work ethic. Yes. So let's speak to that. That's a nugget. Um, talk about that, that, that sacrifice, that work ethic, that, that the things that were instilled in you. Was it a certain individual that put that into you? You know, so for, like Gan Dable said, once you've wrestled, everything in life is easy. Wow. And, and I think that that's factual. But, you know, growing up watching um, my grandparents or watching my, my father and how hard he worked. And I, my dad spent 39 years with AT&T, and I never once heard him complain. I don't remember him really taking vacation days that weren't spent with us. Wow. Um, he never took time off for himself I, like that? Not, no. Now he, I, that, not that I remember. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I, I don't remember. And, but then I turn around and think, if my kids see me, I have to like, what are you doing home? Like, they look <laughs> at me like, what are you doing? What's this anomaly? Like, you know, it, it's like seeing any of my jujitsu kids, and I'm at the store, and they look at me like, what Coach, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah, right, right. I right. sat outside of the the the, the matted room, the, the you know the jujitsu room, and I was sitting on a chair, waiting for class to start, and one of the kids walked past me, and she looked at me like what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sitting down. She's like, I've never seen you sit down. Oh, my I'm God. Like, man, that's I'm crazy. Like, right. <laughs> my bad. I levitate. That's what I usually do. So apologies. You know, right, 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 right. And I'm like, guess what, little girl? I don't sleep either. I don't sleep I w- either. I wait. <laughs> so do you do you think that um, when it comes to wrestling, if, if, if Missouri does – decide that they really want to and you say they're making changes but it, it, and improved changes so right so for instance like it, it's it, we're lucky at st charles mma where, where you first started and where we first met uh, yeah you know uh, years ago when you started your journey you know we've got sammy henson who's a former um former olympian for wrestling and, and world champion we had alp yeah alp oskovich yes uh, Josh Sample. Sampo, uh, Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley, EJ, EJ Brooks. Yeah, we have I mean, uh, these collegiate star athletes. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's, in, it's endless. The number of Mike Rogers. He gets, yeah. The list goes on. These wrestlers. Just with through our whole entire Vagi family, Julius Anglicus, uh-huh. you know, current you know um, UFC contender, uh, winner, LFA champion, belt holder. And I know we're forgetting people. Zach Freeman. Yeah, yeah. The list of wrestlers. Elkelberger was was he a wrestler too? Burger. Burger yeah. was the opposite of wrestling. Elko, I mean, <laughs> Elkelberger. Wasn't his name Elkelberger? From oh, Jake UFC. Ellenberger. Ellenberger. Sorry, yeah, Ellenberger. Yeah. Jake and his brother, Joe, <laughs> yeah, Joe. They were at uh, UNO. Yeah. In uh, in in, um, in Nebraska. I mean, we have the number of, of wrestlers turned jujitsu practitioners and fighters. It was insane, and I think that's in the beginning one reason I kind of gelled so well with the original group of jujitsu mm, guys. We had true, it, almost to a man, everybody was grimy and and maybe had a wrestling background, and even more rare, I think all all not just fighters, but fighters that all did jujitsu and wrestling, which was a kind of a crazy combo because you don't really find 
jujitsu guys that are also high level wrestlers. That's rare. That, it's very rare. And also fighters. And that was just kind of a unique group. But you know, back to Sammy, we have him in the gym teaching our fighters and holding wrestling classes and then bringing in youth. And it, so there's, there's a culture shift, not just in our training room, but in the state of Missouri to take care of its own, Yeah, which is very cool to see and be a part of. And it's even better to see people taking advantage of those programs. That's good. That's good. So there's nothing better in life to teach sacrifice than, than wrestling. You, you just sparked something that just really blew my mind. Now that I really just think about this, even on a basic level. So during this time period, um, I could share, I could tell you I was around 2000, I want to say 2008 is my really introduction. It's either seven or eight, 2007 or eight. I really, I'm, I'm vague with it now, but it, it might've been seven. You know what I mean? And so like 2007, yeah, it was seven, 2007, March of 2007 is when I started. Cause I got a 2007 shirt for Monday Owls where everybody was practicing. They go oh, to, well, we went to Monday Owls, yeah. the first time they were in the, in the States versus. Yes. So those who don't know the Monday Owls is Portuguese for championships. Yeah, so the, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Championships were always in Brazil up until 2007. Seven, yep. They were in Long and Beach, California. That was it. And we did CrossFit tra- training. Right. That was right. it. Every, we were prepping went, for that. Everybody went deep. We, went, we were prepping for that competition. So let me, oh my God. So this is, we might spend a whole hour talking about history lane, right? This is history. So let me, let me kind of give everyone this big, idea so that way you can see this picture i'm about to paint so at the time there were uh imagine it starting in 2007 the popularity of ufc is not there there was no we got fights going on all the time on tv uh there was even this wave of you know it may it wasn't even once three months months. it was once every three months because they were even having conversation yeah and they could we couldn't it was a it was a time period right after that when they were basically like can we air this on prime tv can this come on channel two and is this it was a discussion on whether it can come on regular cable like it was it was like oh my gosh like this blood on the tv what is what's gonna happen so so during this time period it was almost like i felt like it was like unicorn slash it didn't exist but people knew about it but it wasn't like out there. It was very underground. Right. And people I looked at us crazy. It looked it was crazy. It was it was not real. It was like so it was, it was almost like you felt so special to even know to have a clue what it was to be in on the secret. In on the secret. Yeah. That's the, the best way to put it. Right. I'm sorry, y'all. I got to information that nobody else knew. That is the way it oh my god. And 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 to be honest with you, it already exploded in other areas a lot more than what it did in for St. West. Louis. Yeah, for yeah. So it was already heavily in East Coast, East Coast West Coast. Coast. We were really they were really rocking and rolling and Alliance was probably real big um yeah. with Jacare and them and then you got everywhere. Yeah, you had really big you know what I mean? All the Gracie Humaitai that was West Coast and also on the East Coast with Henzo's organization. Chicago had way more probably, yeah, I would assume. Yeah, for sure. Chicago, you know, had uh, Carlson Gracie Sr. and Jr. And it just was a little slower to get to St. Louis. And, but, but we had it. We had Rodrigo who came to the States in like 95, 96 mm-hmm. from Brazil. His dad had a uh, friend that, that worked at one of the – one of the companies here, so Hadrugal kind of had an end. So it's like where where there are no really other Brazilians teaching jiu-jitsu, and they knew somebody, so he came here. 
and Adrigo, you know, my master, uh, your first kind of one of your instructors. Yes. Got to start our whole program. He he came and started teaching, and he's direct lineage from, you know, Hicks and Gracie, who is the Michael Jordan of jiu-jitsu. Exactly. And taught it, and Rodrigo taught at the original academy in Brazil and was even the only kid allowed in Hickson's classes. Um, so he's kind of like the prodigal son. Right, right, and right. Kind of the the playground legend that when we would walk in a place, everybody would know who he was, no matter what coast we're on. Exactly. Everybody knew Rodrigo. I mean, Ali said that's a bad man. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's him. Exactly. Um, so we're blessed to have that here, and and you know, it's just this underground thing that we knew about. And people didn't know. They didn't know. So then you then I step back, just really just painting this picture, underground thing that nobody knows about. All of a sudden. There's this explosion. We get UFC things once a month. We start getting more th- more things happening. Spike. We get, it's just like Spike yeah, started having the Ultimate Fighter we, show. On yeah, TV and- a lot more things. And now, do you think with all of that, it's helped it dramatically? Because now it almost paved a professional way for wrestlers. You know, oh, how, yeah, yeah. you know you what I'm saying. Avenue. But with the good comes the bad. You know, yeah. There's there's a better avenue for wrestlers who who maybe competed internationally and maybe you. Like, for, have you seen the movie Foxcatcher? No. Tell me. The, the, the Dave Schultz movie. I'm going to check it out, though. Uh, where, you know, Dave Schultz was an Olympic wrestler, and, and there were no... You know, you've got schools like, let's say, American Top Team who will have dorms for fighters to stay in. Nice, yeah. Um, but that, you know, wrestling didn't really kind of have those things or the sponsorships. We didn't have state-sponsored... Those state spades sponsored, sponsored like events for our athletes, like Russia and some of the other European countries. Yeah, did. yeah. So the Dupont family, John Dupont, you know, from rich family, had a um, well, a compound, if you will, where mm-hmm. he allowed wrestlers to live and train for the Olympics, and he kind of helped sponsor them. But he was also one of those kind of one-off individuals that wasn't quite right but you kind of had to deal with some of that stuff yeah in order to train and live and not live below subsistence and poverty level he ended up kind of going crazy and killing dave schultz who's like an olympic wrestling treasure wow for the united states yeah um but now we have an avenue for for those guys who no longer wrestle internationally and something to do with that skill set because it's like hey if you spent as any Olympian, your whole life doing that thing, what do you do post? After. Yeah, what do you do afterwards? Yeah. You know, sponsorship money stops coming in, and if you're still fairly young, well, now you have another avenue to make a, dare I say, legitimate living fighting or at least being a wrestling coach on a, a staff at not just a university, but in some MMA camp or jiu-jitsu camp. Exactly. It's make a good living. A good living. Like, it's a whole new avenue. I sat down with Charles Johnson. He's over there uh, fighting in Thailand. Thailand yeah. Major, I mean, I sat down on on a previous episode with him, and he was telling me how he got a scholarship. He's now over there for a full year. They're tr- paying for him to 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 do what he loves, to fight, right, right. and that's major. You know what I mean? That's huge. At some point in my life, that's all I wanted to do was just was fight. And you know, I made the Ultimate Fighter TV show, and it ended up because of some contract disputes that didn't come to fruition. But that's all I wanted to do was just just fight. Yeah. Just, I mean, so having that. The ability to have that lifestyle or have that choice. That choice, more right? More importantly, to have that choice yeah. uh, is, is huge. And I think it's important for anybody, no matter if it's professionally or, or even academically, where we're talking about kids playing sports and not just being siloed into one sport, having those options, man. you you got to use college 
for what it is, man. It's an education. It's a business. It's yeah. going to make money off your back. A lot of states are ratifying the opportunities for athletes to get paid, but that's a whole mess. That that's another. That's a whole another. animal, man. That whole, that's, the, that's the elephant in the room. How do you pay them? Yeah. What's the worth? Are you a starter? Are you in a bench? Are you second string? You're still an athlete. You're still going to be part of the video game. Yeah. You know, do you pay somebody at a... Uh, school who's got stadium at the power ranking schools. How do you decide who? That's right. You shouldn't even touch that. Yeah. But at least you have a choice. But regardless of what you do, use that university who's going to make millions of dollars off of you as an athlete, um, even if you're not even the, necessarily the starter. But if you're just the long snapper or you're the right guard and you're not a household name, you're part of that success. Use them for the education. Use it for the education. That's all. It's a business. It, so, in on the last dragon, to be honest with you, uh, Tracy pointed out one of the, the most powerful things, and he just speaking to it right now. Um, I started my podcast for multiple reasons. Uh, I felt like growing up, at some point, I felt uncomfortable in my skin to a certain degree because I love martial arts. I love kung fu, and I have friends similar to that, but I never had a clue how many individuals who are like me, a brother just growing up in a not necessarily uh, wealthy area, uh, area that is known to many, shout out to J-Town Jennings, but it's just not producing uh, a lot of uh, high income families. It's just one of those areas is average, average education, very kind of middle of the road, middle income to lower income families um, who was just, I felt like I was different. The but traditional. Here's the thing to think about. Um, what white America would call middle class and what black America would call middle, lower class are two different things. Totally different. And, That's true. So what we would consider middle class or lower middle class from African-Americans is different. I remember going back and kind of looking at my grandmother's neighborhood and thinking, this is just where grandma lived. And it was normal. It was normal. Had yep. bars on the window. Yeah, right. But I felt safe. <laughs> safe, right? <laughs> And we all we got. Yeah, we all we got. True St. Louis fashion. All yeah, we got. We all we got. But there's a difference in that. But the commonality is what we're talking about. Yeah, you were here. I was in Oklahoma, and and that's still common thread that we shared. We share it. We, shared, we share it right now. This is that's the truth that we're talking about right now. And I think it speaks to what he just what Tracy just said about being an athlete. Whether or not they are deciding or they do, hopefully, they decide to pay these individuals. I played collegiate sports just like Tracy did, played football. I uh, hope they get paid in some capacity, um, whether or not. But use it to get that education so that way you can progress forward. Because you'll never be the same again. Right. My body's not the same. I know your body's It's not the same. It's broken up, and it's still hard to, to really just think about what I sacrificed right. just to – you know what I mean? I, it, it's – not saying that I didn't uh, uh, make a lot or make make a lot of what was given to me from being able to go to college versus my peers who might not have been able to play sports, but I do feel like it is a situation that is not um, it's, it's least being talked about. It's still not addressed fully yet. You know what I mean? Let me tell you this. So I just came back from uh, Jiu-Jitsu World Championships um, mid-August, mm-hmm. and while I was down there, I met up with one of my college teammates, and we had dinner, and we laughed, man. We had a great time, and it was, man, it was amazing to be able to see one of the guys I was closest with, you know, for, you know, he and I were probably close for three years and even closer for two years, and, like, that was that was my guy. Yeah. And then at dinner, in this, like, laughing, and we just stopped, and he looked at me, and and he, like, it was like a break in time and silence, and he said, Trace, you think we got that CTE? 
just so you all you all didn't see Rory Rory just like whoa what uh, yeah so like that's yeah. that's that's deep he hit me like that and it was almost like like the bomb in the room just got dropped and uh, and I was like yeah <laughs> right right that's deep like you 100 percent yeah I know, I know how many hit how many hits Dude. you know what I'm saying like how many times has your brain moved and right. possible concussions right I've got a spinal fusion for it Wow, uh, which was you know pre jujitsu and MMA for me, and people were like, well, you were still training and doing like, yeah, but am I gonna stop living? Right. But I still played like that. But that came with a cost and a price, and with a, a concussion, and with you know my spine being offset and titanium plates and wow. neck and cadaveric bone in my neck, and but I also wouldn't change it or trade it for the world because of the experiences it brought me in life. The opportunity and uh you know one day i might regret it <laughs> yeah. i'm not saying i'm without pain but you know it, you don't walk away from that and people say well you got an education well yeah but you sacrificed you left pieces of your body oh yeah places yeah you know, moments in time that i'll never remember that have been forgotten because of what happened in my brain do you think that is the hardest is that maybe one of the hardest uh struggles you had to overcome is that one of the hardest obstacles or, or or is there something else that you can literally say that might be the toughest moment in life and that you overcame it, that you I persevered through? prepared me for those tough moments. Um, you know, I mean... I've like you said, the surgery you had to get, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of probably six surgeries I've had or eight surgeries I've had. Speak to that. Like, you done, you've, you've, you competed on the highest level uh, on the jujitsu side. Sure. Um, I remember you in an arm brace on one surgery for your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. Speak to it, man. Like, tell me, tell my listeners, like, tell me that time when it was just like, just thinking through that was just like, I, I, you felt like you wanted to give up, even if it's not jujitsu, just that moment. You know, so I'll say this, there was never one surgery where I felt like it was over with and I was done. It, it, it was just all probably um, part of, it was a cost of doing business. I feel that. And, and in my head, it, it, it sucked. And I knew I had a lot of work to do. But I don't know that I ever once, even with a spinal fusion, where you, you I couldn't walk, or I felt like um, a newborn where you wanted your neck and back supported and moved around like yeah, a baby. Yeah, yeah. I never felt like it was over. Um it was just a matter of reloading and just getting my body strong again and, and staying mentally strong and being comfortable in those positions that would, you know, put your body in a position that you'd be weaker or wouldn't feel quite as strong and, and, and figuring it out. But do you feel like I feel like I see UFC fighters struggle with that at the later part of their careers, sure, yeah. boxers? But what, but you that's why you had like, you know, one I tell you what, here's so. When I discovered jujitsu, it was right after, you know, kind of being done with football. And I was fortunate enough that I had um, football help to pay for my my master's degree. Yeah. I finished grad school in three semesters. And they, I got a, 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 my master's in sport management, emphasis in sports psychology, because I knew there'd have to be more afterwards. Mm -hmm. One thing my, my dad was very adamant about was... Uh, ensuring that my knees hurt worse from sitting on the side of the bed doing math with him than they did for the <laughs> Right, no doubt, no Fred, doubt, yeah. Fred Taylor did not play. That's right, man. Right. Hey, I like it. All right, right. <laughs> football or wrestle for the rest of your life, and I will not allow you to be a dummy. That's a nugget, folks. You hear that? Say it again, Tracy. Well, Tell him, like. Be a dummy, especially as a black man in America. You cannot 
hold yourself. You can't allow yourself to be a victim to society. So you have to put yourself in a place in society to be an asset. Right. You have to be. Right. Um, it, it's rough out there for anybody. Yeah. But yeah. Especially for us. Uh, you don't want to be a dumb black athlete, a dumb black jock, a dumb black anything. So we got to rise up above and progress above because nobody's going to hand us anything. That's so true. But we will always give a break to somebody, regardless of color, who's trying to do better for themselves. Yep. And so true. And when you especially see a young black man trying to do better for himself and rise above, and we spoke to young, to black middle, lower middle class, and what's that? What that's like? And when you know the obstacles you have to overcome, you know, that takes even more work. But but you know anybody that's trying to do better for themselves, you're going to help them stand and shine on their own two feet. Yeah. But those are the things that I knew you know, that I wanted to do better for. So, you know, when I came to this sport and I kind of knew that football was over with and I rode past a, a, a sign that I, I literally walked out of a Gold's Gym frustrated. I was lifting weights. I'm like, why am I lifting weights? Wow. And what am I lifting for? Because there's always a, a reason. You're right. I was in a weight room. I was always mm -hmm. get better, get bigger for football. And then I, I left out of frustration, kind of like, where's my life going? What am I going to do? Still knowing that I had these degrees, but... I'm not going to say I wasn't prepared or ready to use them, but there's more to life than just being an athlete uh, or just being a body, but you still have a competitive nature. And what, yeah. do, you, what do you do with that? What do you thing? do with that? And I think it's okay for people to go find clubs or go find a hobby, whether it's just at the gym playing basketball or going golfing with friends, you know, rugby, soccer, whatever it is you do, you got to find that thing that gives you an outlet and Gives you your peace. Gives you your peace. Yeah. You come home and be there with the family, wife, kids, whatever. You need that outlet. So does she and the kids. But I, it's, I walked past or left the gold gym and I saw a sign that said Gracie submission fighting. And I was like, whoa, that's that stuff I saw on TV. On TV <laughs> that the Brazilian skinny dude was doing. And as a wrestler, I was like, yo, he's beating wrestlers and choking them out. I got to know what this guy's doing. It's like some super secret sauce. Right, right, right. I got to know. I got to be in on the secret. And we kind of referred to it before. I got to yeah. know what he's doing because I can't be a victim to that. Right, he's right. He's doing this to a wrestler? Like, yeah. You got to teach me that. <laughs> so that's where you, that's how it happened. That's how, literally how it happened. And I walked in that gym and I never left. That was day one for me. Wow. But I, But I knew that I, ha I had to have that other thing and I could not be an athlete for the rest of my life. So I always kind of reverse engineered what my dad said. And if I took care of business, then I knew it would take care of me and it would allow me the outlet to do the other things. That's so true. So I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who I sometimes sacrifice a lot because I think about how important my future kids future is as well as I think about, I want them to have some of the things that I necessarily was not privileged to have. So, but the problem with that, there is a problem. Sometimes you work yourself to death and tomorrow's not promised. You yeah. know what I mean? So Man, I, like, I remember being, you and I were talking before we started recording and we talked about, you know, you started after I did in the sport and maybe you saw the way, I did things differently than how I saw them or the things I air quotes accomplished. Yeah. And I saw them. Mm -hmm. To me, none of them were a big deal. I'm not saying they were to you, but I just didn't really think about them. I just was doing them and trying to live. Right, right. But one thing I knew is that growing up, you know, my dad couldn't be at all my sporting events because he was busy doing what you're saying. Yep. He was busy providing and making sure we had opportunity. And I was thankful for that, but I also knew that 
he wasn't at a lot of those things. So I wanted to make sure I kind of did both for my kids. That's so smart, man. So if they're in a sport, I'm in a sport with them. Yeah. And that's the reason I actually started teaching jujitsu was because of them. You know, the guy that was that was in charge of our kids' program was just kind of showing them the wrong stuff. And I'm sitting there with the other parents just uncomfortable and probably cursing them. On the <laughs> like, what is yeah, happening? Like, this is not what you're going to teach my kids. Right, right. Showed up one day with a gi and a belt on, probably a brown belt at the time. I don't even remember. And the parents were like, what are you doing? Like, right, right, you right. Do this stuff? Because it was at a completely different time. And they didn't even know I trained. And I was like, yep. Yeah, and yeah. And I kicked the dude out. I'm like, this, that's what's up. We yeah, do this. yeah, that's real. And that began like my kind of coaching career with my kids. And it's since turned into not just jujitsu, but wrestling and football. And That's amazing, man. Yeah, and it's not that I, I um, am better than anybody else. Maybe as I feel like I can communicate it better in some ways. Because I know what it's like to struggle. Yeah. I, I try to be attentive to when people aren't getting something and, uh, you know, just pay attention to each person and the way they communicate so you know how to communicate with them best because you communicate with you best. Exactly, Think right? The arguments you have with your wife. Sometimes right. you're saying the same stuff. Saying the same things, but right? You're just saying it the way that makes most sense to you. And right. Then, then you look at her and go, I'm, I'm only responsible for what I say, not for what you hear. Exactly. There's a whole lot of arguments, but I, I just try to impress upon them the better way of doing things and breaking down ego and but man just being part of their dream and their lives and being there for them and having those moments that hopefully one day they'll look back and like remember that back when you know dad was there and we used to train jiu-jitsu together or he was our football coach or wrestling coach and you know and i just i just i literally can remember when your son wasn't even past my my thigh. Like he was short, little dude. And I, I mean, he's just now. He's a, he's in high school. It's a freshman in high school. Like it's, it's just a yes with a stash. Right. Like I'm like, who who is this little dude? That's what. I'm, and I remember, I remember the conversations when he wasn't even living in the area at the time. I right. feel like he was in Mexico with his mom. Exactly. Yeah. I re, that's how that's how long ago I remember all of that. Yeah, yeah. And so to think now. School. <laughs> it don't even seem real so it's right. like that would have been because this would have been 2007 2008 these conversations would have happened this was at least and so just thinking just wrapping my arms around that we're in 19 so yeah that's that's and that's was born 2004 yeah, yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying this is this is wow this you, is you got to take advantage of the time you have with them and the yeah things you, the, you know because they're watching and what are they going to remember they'll remember the hard work was what i said about my father that yeah yeah i would be at state tournaments and people would be like hey where, where are your parents at and daddy's trying to provide it was like yeah, he's trying to provide and they would be like oh i'm sorry i'm like don't be sorry i mean i wish they could be here but he's doing his thing so i can be here right but right i want to i want to have both and have some of the autonomy for my kids that I can be there and them still not worry about, you know, where the money's coming from. But I, but they need to also understand the sacrifice as well that I make to be there that they have to make, which is where we circle back to thank God they wrestle and they've done jujitsu. That's so true, and man. Those things. It's, and, and thank you for coming on the podcast, man. But think, I'm going to thank you in advance because, you know, you, you what you've done is also one thing as far as accomplishments. But it's also another thing where you can like imprint it into history. So like in the past, we didn't necessarily have all this social media stuff. No, no, no. We didn't have like I and and this is crazy what I'm about to bring up, but there's a, a another secret hidden thing that used to be called Freak Nick. 
But people can't say or go Google it or go find all the things that happened. It's just a thankfully, l- thankfully, <laughs> right? But it was a legendary moment in time that most black individuals around my age group understand of what was going on, whether they attended or not. They knew. I never attended. I was I, I, the last one is when I graduated high school in 1998. But I will tell you this: the history of it is inbreded in individuals' minds. And you, and only say this because right now I say thank you because right now you're recording these these moments, and your son in the future can be like, "Let me go listen to oh my dad's interview was out here." And my hey pops, you you remember you did this interview, and this could be 20 years later sure, down the road. And he can hear, like, oh, my my dad t- is talking about how he wanted to make sure he had time to be with me. Oh, sure. you, know you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for sure. This is, that's why I'm going to say thank you, man. This is real talk. Sorry about yeah. No, you're to... right. You're right. I, I remember being, I mean, not even grade school and sitting on my mother's father on my grandfather's lap. And I would say, tell me a story about when you were, when you were a kid. And it was mostly him as a, young, as a young man in the Marine Corps and then joined the Navy after he... You know, was honorably discharged from the Marine Corps, and then he joined the Navy. Right. Him doing all these things, and he'd tell me all these stories about living life, and I was just like, I, I knew then that you had to live. And I, my mom and I talk about this almost every day, where she's in some kind of pain, and wow. where she's asking me how my body is, and she's like, well, you, know, you got to take it easy. I'm like, I got to live life. Yeah. I got to live yeah. life. It doesn't come with a return tag. If I turn this body in in good shape, they're not gonna give me credit for it. Like, you know, like, hey, I, I leased this week. Can you give me the other? Yeah, so you get back. But I'm, man, I'm trying to live it to its fullest, and yeah. some regret. Maybe in some ways, maybe I'll regret the damage I've done. Uh, but whether uh, concussed or not, I may not remember everything I've done. Yeah. But I'm gonna have a half smile on my face because I knew the secret that we were talking about before yeah. that a lot of people, you know. Uh, it's going to be something to be, you know, 78 years old and have, you know, this right ear that doesn't even bend. It don't bend. It got that cauliflower ear. Hey, let's see. Hey, <laughs> cauliflower ear for individuals who do not know is when their ear is rubbing against some part, whether it's another wrestler or a part of their gi or something, but it's getting rubbed abruptly too much. And the sales or, or callousing <laughs> inside of, and literally you're swelling. On the Drain, ear, and it's, it, <laughs> fluid yeah. is entering that part of your ear. And they can't see this. It looks normal, right? This, look at that, Roy. That it, it looks normal. But, but, listen, trust me when I say Tracy Taylor, former wrestler, still uh, uh, jujitsu champion, has ears looks like solid as a rock. Like you literally, I look like I can literally throw something <laughs> at it, and it will bounce Roy, back as hard as I throw. God, leaving. Ah, oh, no, that is intense, bro. Oh my God, that is intense. Hey, when I say like it's hard as a, I, it, it is concrete. <laughs> God, leave, man. That's so crazy. This ear allows me to go into the business world and allows me to move with people without people knowing. The people that will see it go, oh, respect. Hey, right, 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 right. Right, right to the mat where I just start grinding it. In. Hey, hey, let me tell you. So I, I'll never forget. I, t- I came to Tracy. I'm starting, in, and Tracy was one of my individual coaches who helped me get going. He, like, literally was there with me day one, uh, uh, really helping Mike Rogers out at St. Charles MMA to help grow our school, become the, the legends that we are today. But with that being said, um, I say, Tracy, man, something's going on with my ear, man. It's hot. It's burning, and I don't know what to do. And I, it's swelling. And he, he was like, uh, 
That's cauliflower. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what? What? Is, what? What? And I say, man, I'm putting ice on it. Uh, he looked at me. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I was like, man, I gotta go to work, man. I don't want no swole air. What do you do? What do you mean? Uh, I'm not trying to be an MMA fighter that with the swole air, man. He's like, too late. <laughs> Let me, go, let me go get the needles. <laughs> he's like, let me show you. If it get too swollen, man, we're going to drain it. I'm like, drain what? <laughs> get the mental needles. That's how serious it was, man. So, 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 Tracy, do you feel like um, your, your, your stint, your time frame in? So, this is 2005 to, to up to now. Tell me, let's, let's go from even the champions, being a champion and um, uh, what your aspirations are and where are you at when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mentally as well as where you want to take it in the future? Man, I, I knew from probably day one of training, uh, you know, when I left that Gold's Gym knowing that here comes life number two and the, being given a second chance. Because as an athlete, you know, we had we were lucky that we were – you only have so many times to be in a locker room. Right. And so many last-day speeches and so many this is my last game and so many – you see that over and over with the senior class and then gets repeats itself. Yeah, itself. So, yeah. Which, which is hard. It's a struggle. So I knew I'd kind of been given a second chance. And I almost started alluding to this earlier, but one mistake I made early in my life was maybe defining myself as a football player mm. only. Mm. And that's what I was. So I almost felt a little lost when that part of my life was over with. And I think that's when I left that gold gym out of frustration. Like, who am I now? What do I do now? What defines me now? Well, what defines me is who I am, not what I do. Right, right, I mean, right. Unless what I do is at heart giving to people and helping people grow and giving back. Those yeah. things define you. In those ways, what you do, that's more, more really about, again, who you are on the inside. Exactly. And I made the mistake, I think, of defining who I was by what I'd started doing at such a young age and what was life like without, what would I do in life without that? That's such a gym, man. Yeah. That's a gym, and, dude. And I really lost track of, like, the things that my father and my mother had said to me about, you know, like, why my knees really hurt. And yeah. the gifts they'd given me within myself. Um, so I knew that I couldn't let jujitsu or fighting define who I was. It could become a way of life, but it would just have to exemplify the things that were inside of me, which I believe now that we're talking, it would just mean you're a martial artist. Yeah, man. That's sort of a self-discovery thing. That's it just, is. Yeah. yeah. I just learned something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I knew from day one I would I would want to teach jujitsu, have an academy, and kind of do that whole thing. Because I knew like it was so close to wrestling and it was something I loved my whole life. And that I would want to have a school and give back and teach. I wasn't sure how that was going to happen, but I knew that that would happen. And so you've done you've done a lot of that, and you continue to train, yeah. continue to have you had your own school, you've done all that, and then now, do you think it's another layer on top of what you're going to be giving to your son? Like, cause yeah. he is he is an excellent athlete when on that on that mat. Oh, he's that kid's amazing. That yeah, kid, you know, um, I, in a lot of ways, like my view of jujitsu is, you can learn it, you can only be as bad as your imagination is, mm. your imagination will help make you great. If you can conceive it, you can do it, you can be it, you can create it. But I can teach you how to also paint by numbers, but then eventually you'll start creating your own masterpiece as you get comfortable in your own skin. Right. But man, sometimes people either have it or they don't. That's true. That kid's got it. That kid's got it, man. Yeah. He's a talented brother, dude. Yeah. Very talented. Like, I feel like it makes sense to me. Um, 
and, and I feel fortunate for that, but I feel like he almost gets it in a different way. So I, I would like to be able to give all of them something back, um, not just, again, on the mats, but, uh, you know, maybe a brick and mortar that they can have that, uh, you know, or at least the gift of they do know jujitsu. So they leave for college and they need to make another 50 bucks. Yeah, because college things are lean. Time yeah, lean. yeah. They can go pick up uh, teaching the class. Yeah, self defense class. And, and, yeah, and make fifty dollars off a private or off you know just picking up a class, whatever instructor. Just that mindset, man. Yeah. It's just deep. It's yeah. just so powerful, man. I uh, I'm super excited too because now even to this day. I see some of the things that are available in the teaching and being able to spread that information. I see you doing so much more, even like you teach now. I see you even getting it further out in the future. I feel like some good things are coming down the pipeline. Yeah, yeah you know, you and I uh, talked a little bit about, you know, my starting a YouTube channel and doing techniques. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, I've, I've talked to my kids over the last several years. I wanted them to start a channel because I used to always hashtag them as those St. Louis kids. Yeah. And it would be a lot of pictures of them sleeping on the way to practice and people thought it was after practice because I would work them so hard. No, them, them little fools are <laughs> on the way to, to practice. practice. Right. <laughs> right, right. So whenever they would do something, I would hashtag them, those St. Louis kids. And I wanted to start a uh, YouTube channel, those St. Louis kids, and just have them teaching like a technique a week or something like that, that they could monetize and then one day, you know, save the money for and it'd be money for college. And we'll still work on that. I see that, man. And I, I see they're it. at the point now where they're a little bit more mature. They can they can wrap their minds around doing that because they see more than probably any of us. And you've got a podcast. Yeah, What man. social media can do for you, good and bad. So uh, I'd also love them to be part of what I'm going to start when I do one for myself and then them take it over one day. Uh, or at least because kids are just more savvy yep. as things change. Yep. Be like, hey, Poppy, this is where we're at, but now this is where we need to go and change it in this direction. I, I see it. Be on top of that. I see it, man. Like we, I feel like we coming up during that time frame, um, I remember seeing my mom lugging around this huge VHS camera. But before the VHSs, they had another camera that she used to record all these old school videos. And it would be of them going to a concert or just family household movies. And I tell you to say all that because I've seen all these transitions. I came in a time where technology was on an immense expansion. And, and people may not understand when I say that, but we came from digital all the way to analog to digital all the way to like another like blu-ray didn't even last that long but you can but but exactly like we 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 literally could see and i heard it the other day but we literally can see all the advances happen like pow in our lifetime in our lifetime right so think about this um i don't remember having a lot of pictures of me when i was a kid because i was the second born Pictures everywhere. Goo gobs of my brother. Everywhere, right? The first more. Everywhere. I'm in a similar situation. Not as many as me. And that's okay. I didn't yeah, know. yeah. But then I started thinking about, you know, like you said, we're documenting here on air. We're recording this. And you want to leave something behind for your kids one day where they can remember, even if it's just a picture. Yep. That's all digital and just right there. Yep. And they can go grab that. And that's amazing. It's good and bad that it's there, you know. It's Pretty good and bad, bad. right. Again, exactly. Remember, <laughs> you will take those Girl Gone Wild videos or a uh, Two Live Crew video yep. and then put one of the th songs to it and make that the theme song. That's exactly what Freak Nick was. But <laughs> exactly. I digress. <laughs> the fact that we have that, you know, my, again, my father passed in November and I, I plan 
couple of funerals and, uh, you know, made the programs for the funeral. And it was uh, a blessing to have, you know, uh, Facebook. Yeah. And go grab all the things that my parents documented or the pictures I would take of them and that upload. And it's amazing to have that. Or just to have out, it. Reach out to my aunts, my uncles, and cousins, and they would just send me stuff that they just recorded with their phone. Yeah, man. This, this, yeah. I mean, just having all that accessibility of those things right there is amazing. It's amazing. And, and, and honestly, you know, if you want to create a YouTube channel or do a podcast, all you need is your phone. And That's you it. mic into it and yep. from there. That's it. That's all you need for this technology and to make the future happen. And it's all, like, literally right in the palm of your hand. I see it. And I see it. I see it at times 10. I see you. I see you helping individuals out. Um, I had shout out to the listener that was from South Africa. Not really sure when you tuned in, but hey, appreciate you. You, you checked you so out the, much. you know what I mean. But but imagine that person who I might have list, that listened to my episode. However, that person found me. They was like, okay, I want to check this out, and they took something, and they they were able to grow from it. You know what I mean? Right. And so I I think about it's that time. People. It's touching people, yeah. and then you got the people that you care about the most. Yeah, there's good and bad with social media. You got people that just want to troll you and, and say negative things. People people want to just really just be there to not really help you progress forward. But the positive things that comes about it and the possibilities are endless. And I, I think about that with my kids and what they're going to be able to do potentially and the opportunities they're going to have. With them, you know, for instance, your kids have been great about, you know, we're in the basement podcasting. Right. So I'm going to assume there's been a discussion about <laughs> Already. daddy goes downstairs <laughs> to do this thing and don't interrupt. Right. But the fact that they understand that you're even doing business and work in the house and this is a different avenue than what you do, you know, uh, nine to five, so to speak. Yeah, They yeah. know that there's a hustle out there. They know they hear the conversations. They're always watching. They always pay attention. They know that you're diversifying if you will 100 portfolio right things you want for them you know as as we discussed earlier you can't be in the club you can't be freak nicking you can't exactly. do all those things anymore so yeah you find a way to still live your life yeah and have an outlet and to be successful and have to grow for your future and for your gym you know you need that we we all need generational type wealth and wealth yep. does not necessarily mean dollar Sometimes that means knowledge. That means knowledge, hundred percent. Ability or providing a conduit. Yeah. For our children. Right, right. I, I want, and I want this. I honestly want. I read something where an individual said his dad gave him the opportunity to go as many to make as many mistakes as possible. That's a blessing. That's a, such a blessing. So basically, he graduates high school, and his dad gave him a choice. He said, listen, go out there and fail as many times as possible. Basically, he gave him, here's the op, here's the, the, lay, the lay of the land. You can go to college or you can just go make a million mistakes and find what you want to do throughout life. I know that time seems like it went so slow when I was younger. I couldn't wait to be an adult. Then all of a sudden I went to college and it was just like life was, it was just a moment in time I couldn't get back. Then I became an adult. (laughs) And then it was like, it becomes a race that people call, they hate to say it, but it becomes a rat race. It becomes you churn on this wheel. You do these things, same things, wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Oh, I get a weekend to do some things I possibly want to do. Hey, weekend's over. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. If you can go and find something where you feel like you're not wash, rinsing, and repeating daily, 
I would love to be able to say, I do a little bit of work of what I love to do for three hours. I go take a siesta. I go do some uh, stuff that pertains to me, physical activity, maybe exercising. I go do some stuff with my wife and kids. I go and do something I don't know, something would be new that I can learn that challenges my mind. And then I go and do something different that I've never done before ever in life uh, uh, once a quarter. I would love to have that as my options. Right. You know what I mean? Which, you know, I'm not, I, I work in corporate America. Same here. But I'm not a fan of corporate America. Yeah. But I do like the freedom that they have provided me, whether it was, you know, I had uh, bosses and coworkers and people that worked for me that would go to my fights all the time. They would wear Tracy Taylor BFT shirts. Blunt force trauma. <laughs> Shout out to BFT. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they'd be at my fights wearing it and supporting me, and which was an amazing thing. And it gave me the ability to like have insurance just for what your fighter was huge. That's huge, man. It was just to get medicals and have it paid for, or if you had to get stitches and you know. Man, just just think about this. Your dad did that for you. Mm-hmm. You're doing this now for your family, your, your kids. Right. They're gonna have an opportunity that you might not have. Even also, man, you yeah, know, like wow. Like Hickson is in a in a private school now, and then Peyton's only a year younger than him, and he'll be in a private school next year. And it, I never would have imagined. Uh, I never had the opportunity. Not that my parents wouldn't have provided it for me. I yeah, think, I don't know that we knew it was even an option. Yeah, us. yeah. And that's just how we as people grow to know. I don't think we knew. And so, in the same fashion that uh, Arthur Ashe. Mm-hmm. Provided something for us, super for tennis, bro. Oh, we we can play, we can do that. We, we can, can do that, that. right? Are you saying that we can play golf now, Tiger? Right, right, right. What he provided, or, or even remember uh, Little Wayne and the Lollipop video, which is around the time that you first started training. Like I remember, when Lollipop was always on the radio. It was on the. It was tough, yeah. Right, yeah. And he was he's in that video, I think, in a limo, and he's playing like an electric a guitar. guitar yeah. Type, which, other than let's say Jimi Hendrix, and then. Man, I forget the cat's name from the Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. There wasn't a whole lot of us out there. Only four. You might have the Parliament Cats, yeah, Parliament Funkadelic, and maybe Boot. That, that, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So for little kids now to see, and again, this is earlier 2000s. Man, when that video was out and he's playing an electric guitar, then you see little Wayne on a skateboard too. Yeah, you can man. Say he looks like a gremlin. You can say he can't rap. You can say he can rap. But the fact is, I noticed he was playing electric guitar and he was on a skateboard and that little black kids would go, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And empowered them to do those things. So that, you know, again, I don't know that my parents knew that private school was an option, but we were fortunate enough to figure out that it was a possibility. I love it. And an, and an avenue we had for our children to give them a leg up better than we had i love it man i love it so i'm gonna I, I gotta get you now man this is the part of my 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 episode where i have to t- to stump tracy i give tracy a clue mm. and he has to answer this is roy rob's clue for the day tracy will you answer for me please name i'm gonna do two for you I got to do two because this is this is good. I'm going to do two for you. First, please name for me five. Wow, five. Yeah, we're going to go five. We got to do five, man. Five. I want to name. I'm going to do an opinion first. Okay. 
that way this is just your true your top five bjj top five bjj any era you want to include you can do old school all the way up to now top five and it doesn't matter what size doesn't matter but it's just top five if you was able to say man i'm gonna have these five cats in the room and i get to roll with any of them i want to be on the map with these dudes um one thing let me tell you this one thing that was so cool about when i started jujitsu is it you could go by this is man in the day, can I say in the day? In the, you want to say in the day? Back in the day, right? Like Borders and what was the other bookstore that was really popular? It was Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. Like, YouTube questions were right. <laughs> 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 right. right. Like Amazon. Right, easy. Like, no <laughs> right, 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 right. And I remember going to buy like Jujitsu magazines, and not just like Black Belt magazine, which had been around for years, but like Jujitsu magazines, and and you would see. Like, my uncle was a black belt, and he used to spar, like, with Bruce Lee. Wow. Hey, Roy, my uncle was a black belt, right? Wow. Hey, you just leave this out of my head. And I would see this really real footage of him sparring, like, with Bruce Lee and these other cats. Wow. <laughs> and uh, it was just this really cool thing to see that. And, and uh, like, I remember, like, it was just a black gi or it was a white gi. And then when I started jiu-jitsu... These geese had all these different, like, I'm going to call it flair. Like, you worked at, like, um, TGI Fridays or any of these, you know, like <laughs> like the office, you know, like, flair was a big thing. You, yeah. You know, like, you would have, like, these geese that had these, like, patches everywhere on them. And it was just more than a traditional white gear, black gear that you'd see in, in karate, which something that was, like, man, it was, like, different. Yeah, and yeah. you'd have the crowd, these Brazilian crowds at the Mujuals that would just be chanting and it would be all this tribalism you know and maybe it was like you referred to alliance before which is one of the huge associations and they'd be they'd have their alliance chant versus the gracie baja folks that right right chant. right and it was so much tribalism and and even like hooliganism in some ways that you yeah in soccer yeah and those are the things that like made me fall in love the passion that they would have as fans so i say all that to say like i would open up these magazines and i'd see these these guys and I was just like these are the dudes that were just so athletic and it was like I think when jiu-jitsu first started to kind of make that turn from this very methodical way it was taught and done to this very athletic and so true artistic way it was expressed yeah so true man um, oh man I can go all day on that because oh, it's yeah. when it's originally self-defense yeah but yeah. I'm sorry sorry keep going I'm no, sorry but it was I'm sorry yeah but I would have this like I get goosebumps like thinking about it and seeing it that made me want to like create when I was on the mat so to now to see and go to like these tournaments and see a lot of those guys still or even to share the mat with one or what I did last year when I went to worlds I got to share the mat with a legend and somebody that I would look at in magazines all the time and be like, wow. Like, that's Who is that legend? Uh, Hadrugo Madera's Comprito. Woo! All right. So that, is, that, is, that, is that one of them? One of the five? I, I shared the mat with him, yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. And, and beat him. So, oh, oh, hey, that's amazing. I know. I saw the, I saw the hand up. Yeah, yeah. So that was, and I don't mention him because I beat him. I, I mentioned it because he was somebody who influenced it. And, right. I mean, he's somebody I follow on Facebook. Right, right, <laughs> right. He doesn't even know I follow him on Facebook and I like his stuff. And that was even, like, I'm even that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Man, uh, the Hiberos, Shanji and. 
Oh and, man, and just, dude, that's just that. Oh my God, man. Solo, just you know, and I've had the opportunity to train with Solo, and it's like learning from my own instructor, but just with a smaller guy. So it's the same family of jujitsu, but just from a smaller practitioner. So it's the reapplication, and he's a legend. He's a legend. That's uh, three. Man, uh, uh, Leo Zeno. I don't know that person. Yeah, I should know him probably. Yeah, Marcelo I should. Garcia. I know that person times 10. That's five. Is that your five? Uh, man, and Henzo, who I've had the opportunity. Henzo is amazing, Henzo too. Henzo and Hickson, who I've had the opportunity to train with. And I would tell anybody, whatever it costs to go to a Henzo Gracie seminar, pay it. Because wow. the, the cost, what you'll make up in just the experience and stories. Yeah. Yeah. Just the just to be in his presence and see that man smile and laugh, he will make everybody in the room feel like he is there. He came just to see you. That's awesome, man. Now. So let me tell you this. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Cause when Hensel came to St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, he was supposed to fly in. There was a huge storm, so all of his flights got canceled, and every flight within like 100 miles got canceled. Okay. He jumped in his car and drove from New York. Get out of here. From, from New Jersey. His home was in New Jersey. He drove from New Jersey. His school's in New York and drove here. Wow. Got hit on the way. Bumper fell off his vehicle. He jumped out of the vehicle. The young lady that hit him thought that he was going to be so mad. He ran up and said, man, what do I have to be upset about? I'm alive and God loves me. Hugged her, kissed her on the cheek, grabbed his, grabbed his, the rest of his car. Right. <laughs> threw it in his trunk and wow. then kept driving to St. Louis 20-some odd hours. Wow, that's crazy. He taught a seminar. He said, how can I not come see my brother, Rodrigo, and his students? That's amazing, man. How, how do you not spend whatever it costs to see a man like that? To see a guy like that, that's yeah. amazing. And, and But I can't say that without saying Hickson was amazing. Just to be in the presence of the aura. Yeah, yeah the, he's the man. He's the legend. He's he's well, a guy had, for BJJ. We had, we had sushi afterwards. Yeah, hey, man. Remember Dave Chappelle said, sushi. Sushi? <laughs> sushi. <laughs> oh my god and for man people not even probably realize who he was your average citizen i'm like we're sitting here with the legend the legend man he hey if you ain't seen the incredible hulk yeah, that's the guy that's on, that, yeah you know what i mean that's the guy that's breathing on her teaching him how to breathe yeah. you know what i mean so watch, watch the docudrama choke with his oh voice. my god it's so amazing man yeah. so good so Mythical. my okay. my next my next one man this is movie style um, this one I have to get you, and I think I can stump you. I think. Okay. You ready? Let's go. All right. So, name for me five black martial arts actors that that truly know martial arts. Oh, we can go with, <laughs> I'll chop. We gotta go, Michael Jai. Michael uh, Jai White. Just talking about. Yeah, it. yeah. There you go. That's, that's Michael, Michael Jai White. Hey. And Black Dynamite. I give you a half, man. Come on, man. You got you got um, better than that. Man, what's my man's name? That we can go all the way back. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you a hint on this. Enter the Dragon. You oh, know, yeah, him? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I mean, we can go Kareem. Who obviously you can do Kareem, yeah, because yeah, we yeah, train on Bruce Lee, definitely. Right, but I'm trying to remember the cat's name that just passed not too long ago. That was in the movies as well. He uh, passed. You said? I believe he did. Um, he 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 was in. Um, the movie with Bruce Lee also, uh, what was his brother's name? That was in the movie. With that's Bruce. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, going to say the quarterback, Jim Kelly. Yeah, 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 Jim Kelly, Jim yep, Kelly. yep. Um, uh, man, my, you know. You gotta, so you got three already. You, you, gotta you got always, two more. You got to always bet on black. 
You gotta always bet on black. Say the name. There you go. Four. <laughs> One more. One more. This is factual stuff here. This is my factual question. Who can he get? Who Who do you got? This is tough now, right? Bruce Leroy, did he really know martial arts? Come on, man. Yeah. Yes, dude, that's fine. Yeah, All what, day. What's his name? Uh, oh, Tamak. Ty Mock. Yeah, Tamak. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Well, of course, can man. We, can we get number six? So if I would have to say for a number six, um, I would probably throw in there, because I was going to be my number five, Tamak as well. But um like well known that people are gonna know. Well known, um, it's not a whole lot of us out there. It's not, but, but since you can't throw me out there, that's cool. Right, right, right. Uh, so, so let me see here. Um, I feel like. Uh, but here's the thing, because now jujitsu is so prevalent. There's so many. I would athletes. say, can you say Tyron Woodley? He's been in. You gonna say T. Wood? <laughs> he's, he's been in movies, right? <laughs> He's been in movies. That's how bad it is. Tyron, he knows. I'm, I'm he knows his stuff. I'm gonna disrespect you real quick, and I'm gonna throw you as the other half. <laughs> T Wood, don't say black dynamite. Right, right. <laughs> don't be mad at me. Don't make me check your kick. Oh that man, right. that's funny, um, man. You should get him on the show. I am, man. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna text him. T Wood, man, I'm gonna be coming for you, brother. I got a bunch of UFC cast that's already agreed. T Wood, I'm coming, brother. Hopefully you, hopefully you agree, man. Saint hope Louis I'm hoping the best, St. Louis. So man. I had to do too bad, right? Man, my man, you held me down. Shout out to Tracy. It's really not enough time to peel back the layers of this brother on all the the things that we could have went into. But I'm gonna just give you a taste of what's coming in the future. We're going to talk business with Tracy in the future. Shout out to Blunt Force Trauma because I'm positive with that new YouTube. Oh, yeah. I'm making sure that I'm making sure he's going to put that out there heavily with that, that YouTube channel. Make sure that BFT is on there times 10. I always had a majority on every one of my geese. The patch was on there. You know what's cool about that? Is it was, you know, my first sponsor was Gamers Fightwear mm-hmm. and then Grappler's Quest uh, it was a tournament to travel the country was my second uh-huh. and I got really close with the two owners individually who were around the same age and I just kind of saw how they did business and I was like well I think I could do that that's cool and man. that's how I kind of started everything I would do is I think I could do that that's cool where I'm not as stupid as them right 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 and, yeah yeah you know, and they're not any smarter than me so if they can do it why can't I do it why can't I so why can't I and that's how everything yeah. always starts with a, why can't I yeah so, man and it was use your resources around you and use uh homegrown you, you know grassroots type thing and use your teammates to help grow stuff they help you grow stuff man it was, it was be phenomenal it was, was great sending everybody to the world with a with a uh, blunt force trauma team voggy t-shirt and patches on the back all day man they seen people we go out like when we would all go out back in the day and we'd go to clubs i remember seeing some cat wouldn't even know had on a blunt force trauma shirt it's so cool at man the club yeah That's man pick those fits that night to wear out to impress, <laughs> impress some girl and then uh, H-Bomb, how boy Howe was like, hey, do you know this guy pointed at me? And the guy's like, nope. Right. And, and like, where'd you get that shirt? He's like, man, I'm sponsored by this company. Like, and, you know, Howe likes to get in people a little bit. I was like, Howe, let that dude. Let, it, let him live, man. Let him tell that story to everybody. That's free publicity and marketing. Like, you know, come on, man. Where I've been in airports, like in San Francisco and places, and seen people, like, in the in the gear. Yeah. And, and stuff like that was, man, that was so cool. Just to see people. That you didn't know wearing something, you know, from that you that you made. That you made, man. That's so, so even, powerful. Even seeing your people in it, and that you know, like, 
because they wouldn't wear it unless they liked it. That's it, man. That's like so it. true, man. So we're gonna we gonna do that. We're gonna have Tracy the business. We're gonna talk about all the above with that. We're gonna talk about additional stuff when it comes to even just being a coach, teaching, just being able to pass it up. We kind of touched on a little bit, but that the next level, that that level is like I've reached the upper level. Now it's time to train and give back. I yeah. love to go into that on the future podcast. But shout out to Tracy. Thank you for coming on. You've listened once again to another episode of Enter the Last Dragon with your host, Roy Rob. Thank you for having me, having me brother. I appreciate being here. Don't forget, uh, not only do we have to get you back in the room. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that black belt's not too far away. That brown belt's around the corner for you. Right. Um, we've got a Respect Six coming to St. Louis. Okay. Pro, pro grappling event, pro jiu-jitsu event that'll be here. In October, I'm competing in that, as well as man, a handful of other Team Boggy guys. I think I'm the co-main event. Oh, and, wow. And uh, and then in November, we're headed to Kansas City for the IBJJF Kansas City Open. So, man, it's, right, still still staying active on the match. I see you, bro. Hold on, hold on. Tell my people. I'm, I, I'm, my mind is just so crazy, so all over the place today. How do my followers follow you? Where they find you, brother? I mean, you know... Uh, you can find me on Facebook, which... I'll have it in the show notes. That'll easily be accessed. Facebook, we'll put that in there. Uh, your best bet, though, is probably Instagram at the El Cabron. So T-H-E-L-C-A-B-R-O-N. And uh, the same on Twitter. And, uh, you know, yeah, say hi. I got it. I got it. Uh, those all will be in the show notes. Follow him. Check him out. He's going to have a YouTube page coming very soon where you'll be able to get... What, to, what should they expect from that? Man, you're going to see uh, technique. Um, my, my Sunday jiu-jitsu class, I, I recall it Sunday school. Yeah, um, I like and, that. I like that. Yeah, just, you know, having a lot of fun. Um, I don't want to call jiu-jitsu my religion because it can't be all-consuming. <laughs> part of life. Yeah. One God, you know. Right, right. Um, but it's it's my way of just kind of having fun with it. And, uh, yeah, it'll be technique. And what I, what I enjoy about that class most, most is it's basically, man, it's about really getting to a technique understanding it and reliving it, it being a part of you having a true understanding of what you're doing the whys you know the with them the what's in it for me what's in it for me and man not just doing a move but the understanding of why you're doing a move principle based concept and I and you've always been like that, man. I tried to coin this, but I ain't been able to do it. We we gonna end up turning it with them into We Foo. It's gonna be a radio station. What's in it for us? You know what I'm saying? What's in it for us, man? As a culture, that's the reason why I'm on it. I do this podcast because I want to be able to have people to, to just be comfortable in their own skin. Shout out to everyone who has previously listened and came back, and shout out to the new listeners. Into the last dragon, Roy Rob signing out.